Thanks for tuning in to the All Things Melanin Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like this week's episode, and share with a friend. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Shelby. And I'm Erica. And welcome to the All Things Melanin Podcast, where your certified hype women are getting you through the week. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an update. Erica. Hey, girl. What's good? What's happening? What's popping? How you feeling? Um, I don't know how I'm feeling, if that makes any sense. Um, when people ask me that, I really just skate over, uh, the question because <laughs> I don't want to try to complain, but I mean, I'm feeling the same way I felt in the last episode. <laughs> so that's all I got for you. How are you doing? Um, I'm all right, but I just feel like this whole month been trash. I'm sorry. I just don't got nothing positive to say. Um, but, um, other than that, I'm all right. Yeah, it definitely it definitely has. I can attest to that too. Um, and then also stuff that's going on like on social media. Like sometimes I know we had episodes where I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna try to stay off social media because it's too much negativity." But then you get on it because you want to like release like your mind or whatever. Yeah. So please fill me in about Fifty Cent's comments that he's been making. Like, I've been hearing about it, but I don't know exactly what he's been saying. But I want to know. I feel like, in general, I feel like 50 Cent, I feel like he's, like, such a smart person. And obviously, I'd never want to take away from what he's doing because you can't. But I feel like he be trolling people. Yes. And it bugs me. But um, I'm going to paraphrase it for you. Basically, he did an interview with Lil Wayne. And basically, what he insinuated, from my point of view, is that, you know, basically having, you know, an exotic woman um, was a prize and it was the thing to do and it's the best thing to do versus having, like, a quote, an angry black woman. And when I heard that, it really, really irritates me because first and foremost, I feel like black women are so multifaceted. And I feel like just in general, black women are under attack. And it's just so frustrating that, you know, you go out in the world and I feel like just a general, just speaking as a black woman, because every day I wake up, I'm black. Every day I wake up, I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. You know, you have all these different things just coming at you, and you don't expect to hear that from a black man. And I think what infuriates me even more is that every single black person that came out, that is on this earth, came from a black woman, whether you like her or not. You literally came from a black woman. You would not be here had it not been for a black woman. So... I'm one of those people that I really don't care who you date. I really don't care what your preference is. That's your business. My business is like, leave black women out of it. Shut the fuck up. Like, if you don't have anything nice to say, just shut the fuck up. Like, it it could all, sorry for my language, it could all be so simple. I just don't understand, like, why you have to degrade black women to uplift another type of woman, if that makes sense. I just... I have never really been a fan of 50 Cent anyway, just because of the stupid things that he says online, whatever I see, like on blogs and stuff, but obviously don't follow him. But I do agree with you 100% is that, okay, say what you want to say, but don't like generalize the whole race of black women. And of course, he came from a black woman. Also, his first child is from a black woman. So how yeah. can you talk down on somebody who gave you a seed? You know what I mean? So it's like, 
that stupid. And to me, when black men say things like he said, it just reflects on how they really feel about themselves. Because it's like, why you're basically like self-hating on your own race. Because at the end of the day, he's still black. <laughs> and so how can you say, well, every you're, you're an angry black woman. To me, that's like, okay, well, maybe you've dealt with a angry black woman, but that doesn't mean all black women are angry. You yeah. know, I'm like, and we don't be angry for no reason. Let me just add yeah. that on there too. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of like when, you know, guys say, oh, she's crazy. Well, I'm pretty sure she didn't just get crazy on her own. Most of us. There's a reason yeah. why she went crazy on you. So, yeah. but not only that, it's like, I was hearing stuff about, did you see the stuff about Kanye West? I'm pretty sure you did. And like his... Yeah rant I honestly did not watch his rant or his speech when he tried to do a campaign in South Carolina but I did see like memes and people making fun of him and saying he needs help and all of that which I he really does need help because he's already been diagnosed with a disorder so it's like why are we because it's Kanye because it's a celebrity because it's a rapper we're making fun of it and we're saying, oh, he's in get out. He's in the second place. He needs to, you know, uh, remove himself from the Kardashians. Like, no, this mental illness has been there before the Kardashians. And it's like, yeah. why, why is it in our black community we make such jokes or we don't take mental, mental health so serious? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that just in general, I think that a lot of people, um, particularly black people, um, use like making jokes and memes and always having something to say like that um as a coping mechanism um I don't necessarily obviously I don't think that that's right I think that Kanye um I'm not really that familiar with bipolar um with that condition but I have actually you can ask anybody that really knows me I've never really been a I'm not I'm not necessarily a Kanye fan if that makes sense but I just don't um it's just he ain't been sitting right with my spirit for a long time but I do think that you know he does need help and a lot of people I saw were you know coming at the Kardashians and Chris and all these different people but one thing when I was reading up and um different things like that um because he went on this Twitter rampage which is insane um I did watch a little bit of his rally but I didn't like the way he called out that black girl so I had to stop watching it out of all the people in the audience he chose her that didn't sit right with my spirit um, and then he went on this Twitter rampage and different things like that. And so, and he finally did come out and apologize to Kim and different things like that. And I think a lot of people, and just so I'm clear, like, I'm really neutral on the Kardashians. Like, I don't love them and I don't dislike them. Like, they just neutral with me. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. whatever. But a lot of people were coming out and they were under fire about them. But I was like, you know, there's nothing really that she can do unless he decides to check himself in. And I was like, right. you know, you can say what you want about them, but I couldn't imagine, like, that being my husband, first of all. And he's going through this publicly. Like, he's publicly, like, humiliating you. Like, really, if you think about it, then you bring the children into it. She got four kids with him. You know what I mean? And she got all this stuff going on. It's a pandemic. Like, that's a lot for anybody to handle. And the one thing that I did not like is that a lot of people were saying that Kanye needs um, – a black woman to come and save him. I'm sick and tired of people, like when somebody needs saving or somebody needs help, I'm so sick of people like saying that a black woman needs to save them. No, he needs to save himself. Mm-hmm. Like that's not what he chose to be with and that's okay. But you got to stop asking for me. I feel like people have to stop demanding and just feeling like black women are obligated to come and save you if they don't want to, because that's right. not our job. I feel like 
just going back to the whole 50 cent thing, like we have enough on our plate. So when do we get to feel loved? When do we get to feel like we're enough? When do we get to feel protected? When do we get to, you know, feel all this different stuff? And, you know, I pray for Kanye and I hope that he gets through this because I can only imagine what everybody around him is, you know, feeling their own pins and needles. But at the same time, it's like, this is not black women's fight to fight. Like Kanye and his right. family gonna have to get him through this. And I just I just want people to stop dehumanizing black women. Like yes. over it. Like I don't know what it's gonna take for people to get that through their head, but I'm over it. And that's a great point that you made at the end about black women and how all of a sudden we need to suffer or save somebody. Um, but when is it ever our time to like actually be happy and fulfilled with dating someone or being in love with someone? And so that is a perfect like segue to our first segment um, in our dating and relationships. This is pretty heavy. It's pretty loaded. So just bear with me. So we saw that on um, Twitter that the Kaya Nova tweeted, I noticed when I tell people about dating issues, they immediately say, but you're so amazing. Your, your person is coming and you're so beautiful. It's going to happen. And I just have to ask, since when does women, since when has women been amazing or beautiful guaranteed us a safe, fulfilled dating life? So part two of the tweet, she says, history shows that beautiful, amazing, hardworking women still get the short hand of the stick in dating. So I'd much rather us shift the conversation from you're so great, it's going to happen to if it does or doesn't happen, how are you taking care of you in the meantime? So what are your thoughts about that tweet? Um. Like, when I saw this tweet, it's, like, especially, like, the first part of the tweet, like, I can relate. Like, if I had a dollar for every time someone asked me, oh, why are you single? You're amazing. You're this. You're that. Why haven't you met anybody? Why haven't you, you know, brought anybody home? And da 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 And I hate when people say that. Like, it really, it's really starting to bug me. First and foremost, I feel like people put so much, like, Um, pressure on having a man or bringing somebody home obviously that's something you know that I want but it's not something that I'm going to settle for and so I feel like just for me when people say that to me it's like to me you're implying that like what's wrong with you that you can't bring somebody home or what's really the issue like what's wrong with you and I think it's frustrating and it's misleading because at the same time you can be amazing and you can bring the table to the table but if you're encountering, you know, different types of men that aren't really ready for you or that aren't on your level or, you know, that don't want to commit, it doesn't matter how amazing you are. It doesn't matter what you bring to the table. It doesn't matter if you have, like, if you buy him a table. It doesn't matter. Like, I feel like in general, like, we have to stop putting so much pressure on women and we have to stop putting timetables on there. And if they don't have somebody, we got to stop looking for reasons as to why they don't have a lover or a husband or a boy or whatever like if they don't have one they don't have one so that's the first thing um and I think the second part of the tweet um it goes to show like I think of when it says you know that um history shows that you know beautiful amazing hard-working woman on all that different things I think of my friends and not to hype my friends up but I think that all of my friends are beautiful I think they're intelligent and I think that they bring a lot to the table just in general but if I'm being honest, a lot of us are single. You know what I mean? And it's just kind of like, I'm not out here by myself. Like, you know, my friends are single. There's really nothing wrong with them. And I think for me, I've just had to come to the point to be like, okay, Shelby, like, you can't put all your focus in worrying about a man or what he's going to do. 
if that makes sense. Like, I've had to put my focus in, okay, she'll be like, we're going to work on being the best version of me. And if I meet him on the way, great. But if I don't, I don't know. I'm going to have to figure it out along the way because I just, I just don't have the answer. But I'm tired of people, like, pressuring me and I'm tired of people, like, inquiring about, like, why I don't have anybody. It's just, like, it gets overwhelming and it really becomes tiring because, like I said, you can be amazing and you can bring everything to the table. But, like, if that man isn't ready or, you know, you're not coming into contact with high caliber men or people that you're equally yoked with, it doesn't matter. I hate the question, too, why are you single? Because for me, like, I, it used to um, really, really bother me because I had a situation where I had to be single. Like, it, it was no choice. Like, it was something that I had to go through. So that triggered something in my past. And so that's why I would get angry. Now, if you ask me, I would say, like, I know exactly why I'm single. And it's a choice. <laughs> because number one, I'm not settling for, yeah. you know, don't get me wrong, people have been trying to shoot their shot, and I'm not doing it. I'm If, if I feel like I would be settling for something, then I'm not going to proceed with it. There's nothing wrong with having friends here and there. But like, I'm not yeah. going to just settle for something just so I can say, hey, look, y'all, I moved on and got me a new man. Like, I'm not that girl, never yeah. been that girl. I'm the type of person that's so um, used to being single or by themselves that it would actually be a huge adjustment for me to be with somebody. And so yeah. um, I am. Another thing is I'm not focused on that. And I think for women, we have to stop focusing on that. We have to stop feeling like we're inadequate if we don't have anybody. And we have to stop yeah. feeling like um, there's something wrong with us or we're not fulfilled in life if we don't have that. Of course, if you desire companionship, I feel like if you desire it, then that means it's going to happen for you. But why yeah. would you want somebody in your life that you know damn well you ain't supposed to be with? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because that would just lead to de- detriment and hurt in the in the long run. So I I just feel like you really can't equate with what type of woman you are to why you don't have a man. Those two are, those yeah. are like two different things. Because you could be a horrible yeah. woman and have a man. Like yeah. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't mean that you're any more or less of a of a of yeah. a person because you don't have a partner yet and yes yeah. I do I do get frustrated sometimes when I'm like you know what I know like I would date me if I wasn't me <laughs> but my the other day like for I really did I was like Shady, you kind of you kind of fly as fuck like yeah and like, and I had I had my mom ask me this before she was like all your group of friends except a couple of them like why like why aren't guys trying to like snatch y'all up and I was like you know what I would like to know the same thing I have no idea. But in my personal experiences, I've just come across men that either aren't ready for what I'm ready for, um, who aren't looking for anything serious. I'm not about to sit around and play with you. Um, Who who just want to be friends with benefits. I'm not about to do that either. Um, Or who, you know, can't decide if they want to be with this person or that person. I'm not about to be your option. So it's like when you have standards for yourself, it's going to be that much harder for you to be with somebody. Like that's yeah. worth being with because we can honestly go out here and just get with somebody. Like we honestly, could. we can't. But we're not the those like you were saying earlier, caliber of men. We're not that caliber of of women. So yeah. I think it just comes down to what your standards are. That's why it's going to be a lot a lot more difficult, I guess, to yeah. um, walk around with a man. But also the generation is different. I remember my grandmother's generation. It's like they got married when they was like 19 years old. It's like that was your goal. Like you get married, you have a family. Of course, I want that. But 
times have changed. I'm in my 30s. I don't have kids and I'm not married. So it's like, and that's okay. I don't know why people look at you like you're less than if you don't have this or that. Whatever God wants me, I'm going to have it, period. So, I mean, I, I just think that, ladies, you have to take care of you, build your business, lose that weight, clear up your skin, grow your hair, whatever you need to do in the meantime so that when he does show up, you'll be ready. Period. And I think for me, um, just in the season, I've just been really thoughtful and I've been trying to get really clear on a lot of things. But one of the things that I've really been getting clear on in the season is like, what am I going to accept and what am I not going to accept? Like, I think that for me, and I've always been this way and I think I'm even more this way now is that like, I think it's so dangerous for women to put their hope in men and to Mm -hmm. put their faith in men. And what I mean is I, and this is just me, I personally have never just put all of my faith in a man, if that makes sense. And when I say that, I mean, like, I don't put my worth and my happiness in him because I feel like when we make the mistake of doing that, then our happiness hinges on what he does. Then our Mm -hmm. worth hinges on what he does. What we accomplish in our life hinges on what he does. And I think that's a very dangerous game to play. I think for me that I just feel like we're living in a time where women are out here doing the damn thing. They're out here making money. They're out here starting businesses. They're out here flourishing. And a lot of women don't need a man to do that is what we're saying. And I just think that as I feel like the more successful you are or the more sure you are or the more that you have going for yourself or even the more standards that you have, I feel like it's harder for, you know, I think for me, at least it's been harder for me you know, to settle down and to find somebody because just like you said, like, I'm not going to settle for just anything. Men always say, you know, we want somebody that's smart, that intelligent. But I want you to know that all these things that you want on your list, we talk back. I want you to know yes. we talk back. Like, we're not just going to we're not just going to sit there and let you say anything. Like, I'm never going to disrespect you, but I'm never going to let you run all over me. And so I think that we're kind of like you said, we're living in a different time where women are different than when they are. Like, I was talking to my granny the other day and I'm 27 years old, and my granny cannot understand why I ain't brought nobody home, or why I'm not dating, or why I don't like anybody. <laughs> like, she cannot fathom <laughs> it. She just can't, because my granny got married at 19. She was with my grandpa for 50 years before he died. Like, yeah. she can't fathom it. My mom, on the other hand, my mom is very like, sis, you do what you want to do, don't rush. I ain't worried about it. Um, You know, if you got to adopt some babies, you, got, you do what you got to do. Okay, mom. But I just think we're living in a different time, and I just, I want us to normalize like finding love at different points in our lives. And I want Mm -hmm. us to normalize creating our own boundaries in our own relationships and not relying on other people to be relationship goals, but relying on ourselves to be relationship goals. But I also want us to normalize what happiness looks like for us in a relationship. Not what it looked like for your mama, your daddy, your granny, your auntie, your uncle. That's cute. But what does it look like for you? What's it going to take for you to be happy? What does that person have to bring to the table? And I feel like we got to get honest with ourselves. One thing I realized, and dating and different things like that is like I don't know about you friend but have you ever dated somebody and they fine you know they fine and you know mm-hmm. on paper they you know they cute um you know on paper they cute and you know even when y'all hang out it's fine but when you go home I think you told me this one day but when you go home and you lay in your bed and it's just you you know it ain't right yeah my mama taught me that <laughs> I, yes. I feel like a lot of times like that's what uh that's what happens for me just because like I expect I expect so much out of men when I'm dating or when I'm with somebody but that's only because 
I would give everything that I'm expecting. And I mm-hmm. think sometimes that we have just really, I don't know, I just think that a lot of times, and not all the time, and I think it could go, you know, vice versa, but I think a lot of times men take for granted what we bring to the table and what we have to offer. Like, I don't have to sit here and do all this stuff for you. I'm doing this stuff for you because I because I care about you and I got you. But we got to get to a certain level, and you got to show me something. Like, I'm at a point in my life where if I meet somebody, I'm not saving your number in my phone until I know it's real. Like, you're going to come through, like, contact me. I mean, that's the that's the importance of, like, taking dating life serious. I don't think enough of us do that because I think people forget that it's so important that you have to be secure within yourself before you try to add somebody to you. Because when you date with somebody, I don't care how long you've been dating them, you will end up, like, consuming each other in a way where you may, like, like just like a friendship, you'll notice you start talking like the person, thinking like the person. Like, it's serious. So if you're not a whole person by yourself and you haven't took taken the time in your single season to, like, mm-hmm. take care of you, work on your toxic traits, you know, figure yeah. out what it is you want and don't want. If you don't work on none of that, if you haven't healed from Joe, Jim, and, and Ricky, then you're going to bring all that baggage. <laughs> you're going to bring all that baggage to your new dude. And then it's just going to be detriment after detriment. And I'm only speaking speaking on this out of experience. <laughs> like it's it's I don't think people take their single season seriously. Try to say that three times fast, but they they don't. And it's like, oh man, I'm single. I'm just gonna you know sit over here and see who's gonna try to shoot their shot. No, what are you doing in the meantime? Are you really trying to focus on yourself and be the best woman that you can be? Or are you just waiting on somebody to snatch you up? Like some some women think like that. But for me, I'm like, yeah. if you want a, a husband, a fulfilled like marriage, union, companionship, whatever you desire, how you think you're going to get that if you ain't never changing your ways too, you know, because by the time you meet him and you're the same old person, how you think that relationship going to sustain it, sustain itself? So yeah. I don't know, girl, it's hard out here. <laughs> but I just, I don't know. I guess, I don't know. It's just something about this pandemic that I feel like I've always had like a certain point of view about dating. Um, But I, it's something about this pandemic that made me like lock down on it and be like, I just can't, I just, I can, I saw this quote that says, um, the bare, the bare minimum never impressed me. I just cannot accept the bare minimum for men anymore. Right. And, and you shouldn't have to. And I'm, and I'm, and I feel like so many people and so many women do just to have a man. And I was sitting here and I was just going through and I was just looking and I went through and I deleted like all the men on my phone. The only men on my phone are my daddy, my uncles and children. That's it. That's literally all the men there in my phone and I was like I don't have time to play with y'all like you can go play with Sarah, Sarah Susie and Kara but <laughs> I'm not gonna play with Shelby Brenner like I just I don't have the time so I want women to normalize like if you're over somebody that's fine like I feel like sometimes when you feel like men do you wrong on that stuff like y'all be giving them explanations you don't have to get a an explanation like he know what he doing like mm-hmm. you can block him you can delete him you can mute him you can do whatever you need to do to like get over that man and to move along because I just feel like sometimes like they take for granted that like your presence, but you really gonna miss me when I block you and you don't exist anymore. Like, and, you, and you know what's crazy is that like we don't think about this until we see it like in retrospect. Like we want this man so bad and then if things don't work out. Then two years later, we see him somewhere, whether it be on social media or in person, whatever. And you like, thank you, God, because it's like, yes, thank man. you for I that. I dodged. Yes, and I was petty the other day because um, <laughs> I had um, one of my ex's birthdays popped up on Facebook, or whatever. So I looked at his page, and I was like, 
thank you, God. Like, I was like, I'm glad I dodged that bullet. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. what we think we want so bad in that dating relationship with that person, when you probably know, you probably ignored all the red flags, all the signs that God showed you. And it's like, you want him so bad, but do you want him so bad for, for him? Or do you want him so bad because you want to be with somebody type of thing? So when yeah. stuff doesn't work out, when stuff fails, when he acting up, let him act up and you're going to realize shortly after why that had to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. I agree. So, but in the meantime, just we got to take care of ourselves. Honestly, we do. I'm trying yeah. to be a, a whole snack for whenever my husband come along, wherever he at. Listen, I'm, <laughs> listen, I'm wishing seven figures and fine-ass men on, fine-ass loyal men on all my friends. Yes. Oh, I claim that. Um, <laughs> well, let's move on to our next segment, which is the journey. So this is where um, we discuss how our journey to building All Things Melon has been going or what advice that we could give. Um, so let's talk about overcoming not feeling like creating. So have you felt like this, Shelby, which I know that we have, both of us have, and how have we handled it? Um, yeah, I feel like this all the time, actually, um, more times than I would like to admit. Um, but one thing that I realized in this, and this is just one thing I realized about myself, is like, when I feel like that, I cannot force myself to create because I can't think of anything and I can't, um, come up with ideas and I'm not, I guess, providing value. And I think, I guess more so the way that I feel like we handle it is I feel like most of the times when I don't feel like creating, you don't feel like creating either. <laughs> I don't know yeah. Is. But I just feel like at the end of the day, like we give ourselves time not to create. I don't feel like we pressure ourselves to create if if we're if we're not feeling creative. Um, because we've just like I don't feel like we've ever just been the type of people just to put out content to put out content. That's not our that's not our um that's not our goal. But a lot of times when I feel when I don't feel like anything. I realized that there's something that I need to like up my self care because usually I'm like anxious or I'm worried or I'm stressed and I have all these different things on my plate. But a lot of times I haven't taken time to take care of myself or to do some type of self care or to let off steam or to rest or to pray or to do whatever I need to do. So um, when I don't feel like creating to me, it's a signal that I need to pour into myself um, and I need to do some type of self care. And I think that the best way to do that it's honestly to just communicate and to tell the other person and just, you know, hope that they give you grace in this season because I just feel like at the end of the day, this season that we're in, it's really difficult and it's really hard. Like, this is one of the hardest times in my entire life that I've ever been through. And I feel like we have to give each other grace and we have to give each other empathy and we have to be, you know, just a little bit more understanding in general because what I would never want to do is just to put out content to put out content and it falls flat or it doesn't resonate and it's not authentic I feel like at the end of the day you're doing yourself a disservice when you push yourself too hard I feel like there's a limit and there's a fire line like I feel like for me I know when I'm pushing myself in a good way and I know when I'm pushing myself in a bad way and I think for me I've just had to learn how to listen to my mind and my body to know which is which I think that um not feeling like it like those those phases they come in phases they come in spurts it's not like you're always gonna every day just wake up and feel like it it's almost once you really start building a brand or building something you're passionate about it almost it comes with a responsibility just like when I wake up maybe I don't feel like 
you know, doing some an adult responsibility, but I know that I have to. But at the same time with creating, I feel like you don't get the best out of us if we're forcing the creativity. And so then um, I, I think that one thing you and I are good at is giving each other grace. Like if you say, you know, I can't think of anything. Or if I say, I can't think of anything, I'm just whatever. We allow that to happen. We allow ourselves. And then we push so much content out that we really have set ourselves up in a great way to be able to like, be lax a little bit when we get into those phases and so whenever you don't feel like it don't beat yourself up about it um I'd rather have the best out of you know you or you Shelby or me if we you know take the break that we need usually when I don't feel like it is because I'm burnt out I'm burnt out on everything that's going on in my life and so it's not like I'm burnt out on just this I'm burnt out on literally everything that's on my shoulders right now so um and that that could be detrimental because that means I'm not necessarily focused on what we're doing or what we're supposed to do because I have other stuff going on, which is life, you know? So um, I think the best way that we have handled it is just to allow ourselves to not feel like it. <laughs> you know, the worst thing you could do is just try to force it. And that's one thing I feel like we're good at. We just let the creativity flow. And once we, once we both snap back into being able to create something, we actually create some really great ideas and topics and content. So, um, but like I said, I feel like as creatives, we'll always have this phase in our journey is not feeling like it. And especially when we go through different moods and stuff, like for me, I'll be the first one to be like, I don't feel like it. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but I just feel like just allow yourself to do it. Like you said earlier, Shelby, give yourself grace to be okay with not having to like burn yourself out on this stuff. Yeah. So let's move on to our mentor moment segment. And that is when we read a listener letter that was submitted to us and then each of us will give our advice on it. So the letter reads, "Um, hey, Shelby and Erica, I have a question that I really need advice on. So I was on a dating hiatus for a few years because I felt so broken from heartache and dating. I decided to take a break to find myself and figure out what I really wanted from a dating relationship. A few months ago, pre-COVID, I started dating here and there and even found a guy I really liked. However, I find myself hesitant to be all in. It's like I have one foot in and one foot out, and I can see it's starting to impact our dating relationship. I really want to see where things could go, but I'm terrified of getting my heart broken. Any advice on how to move forward in this new part of my life? You go first. Um, I can totally re- relate to being scared. This person sounds like that they are just, scared and it, it, it can be scary because it's like stepping into new territory um and I think that I've always said I've said this to you Shelby before it's like you can't be scared of getting your heart broken because that's literally just the risk that you take with dating yeah. like there's no guarantee that this person is not going to disappoint you is not going to fall short is not going to do something stupid to upset you is not going to break your heart like that's not guaranteed with anyone. And that is the scary part with dating. So that's why it's important for you to move slow. But I will say that this person cannot continue with having one foot in and one foot out. It's either you in or you out. Because, you know, she wouldn't want this person to have one foot in and one foot over here, you know, and I think that it has to be two people that mutually agree, hey, we both gonna do this. You step two for you step two steps forward and I'll step two steps forward too. You know what I mean? Like meet me there. It shouldn't just be one person here and one person there. But 
Um, I think once you really decide or actually come to the realization that like just having a more optimistic outlook and not thinking about, oh my God, what if he does something stupid and he breaks my heart? Like if you really want to move forward, I would suggest to pray about it. That's one thing. Ask for a sign, but be careful. Because when you ask for a sign, you're going to get one. <laughs> and you're going to get a big one. So um, I just feel like this is what I was saying earlier about how we have to take dating life serious. Um, and I think taking it slow is always the best. I, I would recommend make sure you start with building a friendship with this man first. Um, and just to get to know each other better on a level where you can just, it takes the pressure off of it when you can really just be build that friendship first and as you start dating then you can move slow and move forward and you'll become more comfortable um, with your decision on dating that person what would you say um I could definitely say that um, I can definitely relate to this person um because I am one of those people that especially like in the early stages like I have one foot in and I have one foot out and I have realized that it's not a very good um ideal to take but um, I would definitely agree with what you said. Like, definitely just um, taking it slow and going at a slower pace. I feel like a lot of times, you know, when we date when we date or we meet somebody, a lot of times we're so eager, you know, that we find somebody that we mesh with or that we vibe with or that we like, that we tend to speed things up and we skip a lot of steps and we skip mm-hmm. a lot of important conversations. So I think that in slowing down and taking your time, I think it's important to have open dialogue and to have open conversations to make sure that you all are you know on the same page and one thing that I've realized is that like if you really want to know something or you really want to know if this person is for them like watch their actions are their actions matching up with their words are the words matching up with their actions because like he gonna slip up or she gonna slip up like somebody gonna slip up and I think that when you know we start to see people for who they are we have to take that at face value we cannot make we cannot make excuses for Jim John and Paul we can't that's how we get our mm-hmm. heart broken that's how we get in situationships. That's how we end up with somebody that we're not even meant to be with. So I think that you have to take it slow. I think that you have to have important conversations. And I think that you have to pay attention to the signs. Like, I'm one of those people, I'm very observant about everything that you say, everything that you do in every in every which way. Like, I look at everything that you do. I'm one of those people that if I really like you, I study you because I want to know you. Like, I want to I know, I know what makes you tick. And I think that if you take the time to really, if you take the time to slow down and really listen to a person, and to really see how a person interacts and to see what a person does, they're going to show you who you are. But the question is, do you do you have your goggles on and is your vision clear? One thing, um, another thing that I like to do sometimes is if I really do like a person, um, I will bring him around one of my friends, just one. Um, and I will see what their impression of him is. I've done that before. And um, a lot of times my friends see things that I cannot see um, because mm-hmm. I'm all in likey-likey. And they, they all in, are you going to hurt my friend? <laughs> so mm-hmm. um that's something that has always worked for me and then I just think that at the end of the day like you have to trust your good and you have to trust your instinct and you have to be willing to say does this meet my standards and I think when you ask yourself about your standards like make sure that they're realistic we have said this and I have said this and I'm gonna continue to preach on this I do not ask a man for anything that I cannot give in return and I think we got to stop asking and wishing for things that we can't give or reciprocate I think that's the recipe for disaster. But I think that if you really genuinely, you know, care about this person and you really genuinely, you know, want to see if it's going to work, then at some point you're going to have to go all in because at the end of the day, whether it works out or not, you don't want to have any regrets. I'm one of those people that like, 
if I put my all into it and it don't work, I'm good. But if yeah, I don't but- put my all into it and I mess up, now I'm wondering, okay, you know, what would have happened if I would have did this? And I think that, you know, obviously any time that you interact with somebody or you meet them or date them, you run the risk of getting your heart broken and you run the risk of being sad. But you're never going to meet your person if you don't, you know, if you don't give it a try. Like everything we do in life, and that includes relationships, is a risk. We don't know. Yeah, that's right. I just feel like if you want to, I just feel like if you want that person, you like that person, then you got to give it your all and you got to risk it. And if it works, great. And if it don't, just your shoulders off and try again. Yeah. The one thing I would also add to that is um, you can't go into it feeling broken or feeling sad about or not having a positive outlook because of what happened at other dating relationships. That's why it's, it's very, very, very important for you to heal. Heal be- between each relationship before you get into each dating phase. You need to make sure that you are completely healed from the baggage from the past. Otherwise, like I said earlier, you're just going to bring all that into this new dating relationship and not give it a fair shot because you over here being triggered by things that happened in your past. So I think people don't take that serious serious enough, knowing that, look, Jimmy, just because Jimmy did it don't mean John going to do it, okay? And give John a fair chance. Jimmy messed up, give John a fair chance. And I think a way to, like, really make sure that you've healed from other things or make sure that your triggers ain't, ain't alive no more is when you have accepted, like, what has happened with your past relationships and really like examine things in yourself too. Um, So it's like in order to like go forward with this and not be so terrified is just make sure you're not bringing the baggage from other things into this, because that wouldn't be fair to your, your partner. Um, I think that was some great advice. (laughs) Um, So if you guys out there have questions like that, that you want us to answer, please send us an email at all things, melanintv at gmail.com or slide in our DMs on IG at allthingsmelanin underscore underscore. So our last segment of the day is our words of encouragement. Um, Shelby, you want to read that Bible word? Yeah. So our words of encouragement comes from Proverbs 3, 3 through 4, and it says, Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. Um, when I read this Bible verse, it really reminded me that like, I feel like sometimes, and this is, I'm just speaking on me and my experience. It reminded me that sometimes I feel like we are loyal to everything but God, but we expect God to come back and clean up our mess or we expect God to come back, you know, and bless us and to give us the desires of our heart. And I don't, and it doesn't really, you know, work like that. I think one thing that I'm learning in this season is that I have to Put in the work and I have to be consistent in seeking God and being um, and being loyal to him and I think that it really has to be um, it has to be real and it has to be authentic because at the end of the day God knows the desires of our hearts he knows every single hair on our head he knows every single thing that we're thinking so he knows that if we're not being you know sincere in our seeking him and our in being sincere in us being loyal one thing that I've learned is that, you know, in life, you know, people will be disloyal and people will leave you and people will do all these different things. But the one constant that's always going to be in life is God. He is never going to leave you. He is never going to forsake you. He is never just going to leave you, you know, just dry and out in the world. And 
you know, other, and you know, if we're being honest, man can do that. And so when I read this Bible verse, it just reminds me that if I do my part and I'm loyal to God and I do what I'm supposed to do and I do the work, that he is always going to be loyal to me. And I think that really resonates with me because I feel like when we are loyal to God, then God shows us favor. And I want to say that a lot of times, sometimes favor doesn't look like what you think it should look like. Sometimes favor mm-hmm. is a roof over your head. Sometimes favor is people that love you. Sometimes favor is removing people out of your life that do not serve you anymore. And I think that we got to start looking at God's favor in different ways than what we are accustomed to looking at it. But just to wrap up what I was um just my thought that if we're loyal to God and we have favor with him, it really doesn't matter what's occurring around you because you're going to get, you're going to get through it. Like the good thing, I feel like no matter what we go through, no matter what we endure, that we have our peaks in life and we have our valleys in life. But the one constant that we have, whatever season or whatever phase we are in life is that we have God and people that don't have God in their, in their peaks and valleys. I can't imagine you know, how they're surviving or what they're doing, because to me, that's just been the one constant that has just gotten me through like a lot of things. Yeah. And I was, my words of encouragement for this would be to anybody, especially people that are loyal people and kind people, like that's just built in their DNA is um, with the things that are going on in the world and then things that are going on individually with everyone, I I just know from personal experience, like the world can change you and people can change you. They could be, this world is cold hearted. The world don't owe you nothing. It could literally make you a bitter person. It can make you not want to be kind and it can make you not want to be loyal. So my words of encouragement would to, when it says write them deep within your heart is just to always go back to God and remember what he's built on. He's built on love. So I think what works for me sometimes is when I get so wrapped up in the disheartening things that I have to deal with, it's like I try to show kindness to other people in other situations. When you take the focus off of yourself and like what you're going through and you really show kindness to strangers, maybe like random acts of kindness, maybe serving some way, somehow um, in a ministry or something like that, it really takes the it brings the joy back to you rather than letting the kindness leave you and the loyalty leave you. So I think that's what I take from it too, is I like keep that, keep those pure things deep within your heart. And then of course, God is always going to favor you. He's always going to watch out for you, especially when you have been through so much, but you can still hold your head high. You can still be kind. You can still be loyal. You can still love God. You can still show love. That's, that's where I feel like he, when he says you'll earn a good reputation. So yeah. Why about you lead us out in prayer, Pastor? (laughs) Heavenly Father, we come to you as humble as we don't have. Thanking you for each and every person that has assembled to to listen to this podcast. We don't know what they're going through. We don't know what they're enduring. But we pray that whatever it is, Lord Jesus, that you would ease their mind, Lord Jesus, that you would bless them, that you would keep them, and that you would let them know that this is not the end all be all. We pray for everybody that are on the front lines um, fighting COVID-19. We pray for the people that are battling COVID-19. We pray for the people that are, overcome, that are overcoming um, COVID-19. And we pray for the lives that have been lost, Lord Jesus. We pray for the people that are on the front lines 
battling um, police brutality that are trying to make their voices heard. We've lost a lot of legends lately, Lord Jesus, and it just feels like it's loss after loss. But we pray, Lord Jesus, that at the end of the day, that people would that people would know and understand that for everything that we lose, that you are going to give it back to us tenfold. We pray, Lord Jesus, that for anybody that has lost their faith, that they would be encouraged that this is temporary. We pray for anybody that's feeling lonely or sad or suicidal or, you know, battling depression, Lord Jesus, that you would allow them to be surrounded by people that love them, encourage them, and support them. We pray that you would remind them that they are loved. We pray that you would remind them that they matter and that the world needs what they have to offer. We pray for the person that is sitting on an idea or sitting on a service or a product, Lord Jesus, if that person is scared, if that person is apprehensive, we pray, Lord Jesus, that you would give them the push that they need um, to be great, Lord Jesus. And we just pray that we know that everybody, Lord Jesus, feels different emotions. We know that everybody is feeling, you know, some type of way. But we just pray, Lord Jesus, that people can be more empathetic, that they can, you know, show more grace. And we just pray, Lord Jesus, that you would just cover us in this season, that you would lead and guide us, Lord Jesus, and that you would bring us out on top. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.